So welcome to this episode of our podcast. This episode is about automated test testing in the example for transportation management. My name is Thomas Quintus. I'm the Scrum Master in the team of Freight Order Management. TM. Oh, yeah. My name is Bernd Dittrich. I'm one of the architects in Freight Order Management and hope to learn a lot uh, today about automated testing. Hello, I'm uh, Michael Lauer. I'm a um, quality expert and um, also the QE in transportation management team, customs and dangerous goods. Hi, I'm Dragos Florescu. I am also working in team freight order management, but I'm also responsible for our transportation management UIs. And the testing of it. <laughs> so that closes the loop. It's huh? part of it. So let's start from 10,000 foot uh, as, as usual. So today's topic is <coughs> automated uh, uh, testing. And maybe you should just mention that the focus for today is uh, not so much concepts like unit tests uh, and, and let's say code tests as such, which is, of course, also something very recommendable for uh, custom projects or custom codings uh, as well. But today we want to talk about testing yeah, documents, transactional data so that you can set up automated tests and see if the system still behaves the same every day. So why why would I do that, Michael? So. Well, um, you would do that to gain confidence in your system. Uh, you would ideally do that um, to make sure your system works like it, like you expect it to, to do. And also, what also motivation is at the end to save to save some some uh, uh, money by avoiding uh, manual tests. Okay, so the you let the system do your manual tester work basically. That's the idea, right? Uh, not yes, that's the idea, but not to be just uh, to make it clear at the beginning. Not the entire manual tester work, but a certain kind of manual tester work, one which is very let's say not not let's say stupid, but which is very um, repetitive. Repetitive, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that same thing, stupid and repetitive? No. Huh? No, definitely not. <laughs> but tedious. Similar. <laughs> okay, so it's it's about really testing with uh, automating tools uh, today. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so maybe we can already name the tools we will uh, talk about uh, today. Um, the two tools are eCut, yep. coming from SAP World, and Selenium, coming from the web world. Huh? So, yeah, maybe... Michael or Michael? No. Michael. Oh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I listen to both. Okay. Uh, Michael, so can you just briefly elaborate on eCut, a uh, bit of history, what it's for, where does it sit? Kind of now 5,000 foot. Getting okay. Getting closer. 5,000 foot, a little closer. Okay. I have to take some steps back in, in uh, history. Um, people who are probably uh, a little longer with SAP, they know still the tool called CUT, C-A-T-T, which is a computer edit test tool. And this was the predecessor of the current eCUT tool. And the current eCUT tool... Um, e stands for extended? Extended, right. Thank you. Extended computer edit testing tool. Thank you, Bob. Um, this tool uh, is uh, the current SAP uh, automated test tool for testing UIs. Mm. It is, like you mentioned, um, from SAP it, it itself, every customer has it already in its um, existing SAP basis. Mm -hmm. So we provide this to the customers free free of charge. And um, 
are included in price. Um, yes, it's a better <laughs> way. Nevertheless, so you can make use of it with uh, any additional costs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it is also used frequently inside SAP mm -hmm. for automation of uh, many things, and it's um, it's a more or less a premium tool for testing app-based um, stuff uh, via the U UI or um, also without the UI. Yeah, so we eat our own dog food here as well. Right? We do, so we at least we try. Yeah, it doesn't taste so bad, huh? No, no. <laughs> okay, so it's our tool coming from the SAP background. It's mm -hmm. kind of, is it, does it stand independent or is it part of things like Solution Manager? Or um, yes, how does it is, that relate? It is, um, it is in every, it is placed in the basis, on the SAP mm -hmm. basis. It's part of every SAP basis. Mm -hmm. um, due to the tool architecture, we come to this later a little bit mm -hmm. closer. We recommend to the customers that they uh, make use of the existing SAP Solution Manager for making use of the ECA tool. Hmm. Okay. But we come to that later. Okay, yeah. now, still on 5,000 foot, but this time approaching Selenium. Dragos, what is Selenium? Where does it come from? Yeah, what? so... If you listen to our uh, UI Basics episode, uh, you may remember that we said at that time that our transportation management screens are basically um, HTML pages. So it's admittedly generated complex HTML pages, but HTML pages. And then they're, of course, subject to all techniques possible to, to test um, web browsers and their content. And one of them, it's widely used outside SAP, it's uh, Selenium. It's a very nice tool that allows to test everything in, in, in a browser. It's not, uh, unlike eCAD, it's not part of SAP delivery, so it's um, something that uh, you need to uh, install and set up uh, on your own. But uh, in the end, you'll you'll have a web page which you provide to, to that Selenium test tool. And so it, is it, it. Does it, do I have to pay for Selenium or can I download it for free? No, it's, so an, um, it's an open source um, framework for testing and can be used by anyone. Of course, it's a programmer's tool, so that means these test cases have to be programmed. Um, there are a couple of uh, programming languages supported by Selenium, mm -hmm. so you can program a test uh, cases in Java or in uh, or in Ruby, um, but in the end, you'll have a possibility to manipulate the browser um, and to mm. inquire what happened inside it. Okay, that one is coming from the web world and approaching SAP from, yes. from the HTML um, side. That's correct. Okay, so since we are SAP, uh, so we start then maybe with ECAT. Okay. Yeah, or ECAT. Mm -hmm. So... If I want to use eCAD for testing, what is the basic setup, the overall system landscape that I should use for that? If I, I mean, not only for testing little bits and pieces, but really mm -hmm. use it for testing my project, uh, so and then being able to upgrade it, that kind of thing. So if I want to use eCAD seriously, how do I start? Okay, how do you start? Well. Um you start, first of all, with um, setting up your landscape for testing with mm -hmm. eCAD, which means um, you should make yourself some thoughts about how your test lam landscape should look like. And I mentioned just a few words be before. We recommend to customers that they use the um, um, existing solution manager as a central uh, automation tool. Mm 
mhm. also Auto Automation Server, to be okay. honest. Um, because um, ECAD is designed in a way that it can um, it can separate some test scripts from the system where the tests are being executed or being uh, mhm. uh, recorded. Okay. To do this, it uses a remote function called RFC technology to mhm. access the system from the solution manager, for example, from the central test system. Mhm. And um, so, therefore, the first thing is make sure with, uh, or identify your test systems, which is you want to test. Um, make sure they have RFC connections to the solution manager system. Mm -hmm. And from this point of view, if this is done, you can you could potentially start with um, uh, creating your uh, with automating your tests by using the ECAT tool. Mm -hmm. um, I need to have a word on the architecture of ECAT. ECAT um, um, has, let's say, three main elements. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is a description of the system landscape, which means which systems are available in my system landscape. Yeah. ECAD needs to know. This information are stored in the so-called system data con container. Okay. The system data container is basically nothing more than a simple table, which holds, you can imagine it as a simple table, which holds the um, RFC destination. Hmm? On one column. So RFC destination is a system that I want to yes, connect to for the testing, right? Exactly. Uh, and hmm. on the other um, column, it holds corresponding to the RFC destination. It holds the logical name of this of hmm. the system, which means the role in the landscape. You could say, for example, you could say the logical name is um, my my uh, uh, queue system, and um, the RFC destination to it would be a certain predefined RFC destination. Okay, maybe let's take an, mm -hmm. from here at least to, to be able to follow, yeah. let's take an example. So I would have, a, maybe let's say two landscape. I have mm -hmm. one landscape, let's say TM90 mm -hmm. and the latest ERP respectively. Okay. And that is one, and that's my mm -hmm. kind of production environment. Okay. So where I have developments, which I then use for nodes, mm -hmm. Then a queue system mm -hmm. for, for testing and then production environment. Same on the ERP side. Mm -hmm. And let's say I would have a second landscape for yeah, sandbox. So, so where okay. I would uh, Good. that just and the one is our A landscape mm -hmm. maybe, and the other one is our B or okay. C Good, B okay. landscape. So okay, one A go. for production and then B for, for sandbox and maybe and uh -huh. both and both system environments I would have like um, um, an ERP system and a TM and maybe also an EM system. Okay. So how would I de just to follow on, how would I define that in, mm -hmm. in, the, in the solution manager with the, all three of the systems in the okay. same landscape? Um, <laughs> okay. First of all, one word before, um, you would not like to run your test script on your productive system. This is not recommended. Yeah. Just let's have this clear before yeah. somebody has. A I had no plans to do No, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. maybe somebody Important. has a good yeah. uh, good idea. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> so you would not do this. Would not like to do this. Um, maybe a good way to get a lot of sales orders fast. But oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. How would you, how would you do this? You would um, you would um, let's say uh, describe your landscape in a way mm -hmm. that you say okay, um, no matter if I'm in my sandbox yeah. environment or if. I'm, if I'm in my productive, uh, let's say, uh, um, environment where I have my queue system, I would give both systems the same logical name inside, mm -hmm. um, for the ECAT, which would, would say, for example, let's call it test system. Okay. Yeah? yeah. And, um, but I would, for each of them, I would define a different, um, 
RFC destination mm -hmm. pointing to this physical system. Okay. The advance of this approach is later on in ECAD, I only tell the ECAD script use the logical name, which means use the test system. Mm -hmm. And this is used frequently in the ECAD scripts. And okay. just by exchanging the RFC destination, by changing it in the system data container, mm -hmm. where I have a mapping from the logical system to the RFC destination, mm -hmm. I, this is a single point where I have to change it. I change it there. And with one change, all my test scripts are directed to another system. Okay. Yeah, so this, is a, this is the reason why we, we do this, why we have the system data container. Mm -hmm. This is our point where we can um, have a very low maintenance for, for, for changing the destination. Okay. So, the I would, goes. so I would have now one connection to the TM system. Mm -hmm. Called yeah. test test TM system, right? And one uh, ERP system, which would be called test uh, ECC, test ERP, test R3. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that would be two systems. Mm -hmm. Would I need to kind of join the two together? Then no, I no, make no. them part of one landscape. That no. is a naming convention. This is a naming convention, right? You just would like to have them in the same system data container. So you, if you mm -hmm. like, to, if you would like to make access um, to both systems in one test test run. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just maybe jumping ahead. So if I now would build up a new landscape mm -hmm. where I would run, like to run the same test, could I then kind of copy the test cases and replace the uh, names in uh, the no, 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 not, not copying, just, um, adding, uh, creating a new RFC destination yeah, and, exchange. um, exchanging. Yeah, but I still want to run it on both then. I mean, on the old one still yeah, yeah. and on the new one. Okay. Um, during execution, you can ah. also say use instead another system ah, okay. data container. The only thing which needs to remain the same is the logical name of the destination. Okay. System. So then the idea would be if I want to run the same scripts mm -hmm. on, say, two landscapes that are in a pre-step, mm -hmm. exchange the names. Or not yeah, exchange, or in the first loop, the mapping. system data container with, with, which provides okay. another mapping. So kind of, I have the same test cases then executed two times and the step mm -hmm. zero is to, okay, cool, nice. Yeah. Okay, so that is. This is the basic of uh, how setting up the landscape. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. After this, um, you would follow a simple approach, which means um, first is create your test script or more than one script, create them. Where do I do that? In the solution manager? Uh, or? Not in the ECA tool in the solution manager. You start. A, you would start. Usually, you would start with a kind of a recording, mm -hmm. where you say I would like to record my action on the system. Okay. Um, you choose this destination system again by via the system data container. Mm -hmm. so this logical system. Mm -hmm. um, ECAD uses RFC to open the connection to the system. Would lock, would lock you on, and um, you would then work like a user who is physically sitting in front of the system. Mm -hmm. It is like a simple re recorder. Every action will be recorded you make, which means also every mistake you make will be recorded. Therefore, there is one clear recommendation. Make yourself familiar of what you do before you start recording. It's not a good idea to learn the solution during the recording because it would usually result in a unusual test script. Okay, so yeah. first you write, maybe it's good practice just to write mm -hmm. the steps down first Yep. and then follow them. Make sure you can execute them before before without any accidents and then you can start uh, uh, mm -hmm. recording. So recording is only the very first step and only it gives you only a part back of the test case. So recording mm -hmm. is not a major job. Mm -hmm. After the recording, everything like the name says is recorded, which means every value is hard coded inside the test script. Mm -hmm. Every action is hard coded. Um, this can work to, to replay without mm -hmm. modification, mm -hmm. but um, it's 
likely it will not and you will you would also like to be in a situation that you can change your values yeah mm -hmm. for example you would like to enter a different order date or something like this and therefore the second step in creating your test script after recording is replacing the fixed values with parameter values okay this is one one huh? step back maybe for the recording okay uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> now that sounds for me very familiar for old school zap guis is that the, exactly the same thing for Uh, web to improve HTTP yeah. things, yeah. or is there anything I have to no, consider? No, no, it's, it's, it's the same. It's the procedure is the same. It's mm. the basic same procedure. Yeah. Okay, and then if I do that same procedure, do I have to because in a HTTP or web to improve world, mm -hmm. I would have the option to uh, let's say do it in a portal, or I could do it with a zero footprint business client um, or with an installed yeah. business no, client. No, um, you will. Uh, the recording web to improve is always done in the browser. In the browser, in so a, the zero, zero footprint. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have a shameless uh, um, plug back to our sub GUI, uh, our TM GUI uh, transaction where you can learn more about that. So okay, that would be the zero footprint. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If we uh, test the so web, web, web part. Web. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. But nothing special beside that. No, okay. nothing special. Good. Okay, sorry. So now back, so we recorded with okay. data, and now we said instead of having that, that value that has just been read from the UI, now mm -hmm. you replace it with parameters. Right. I would uh, so to be uh, able to to re-execute a test script with different values, I need to replace the hard code, the fixed values, with mm. parameter values, mm -hmm. and um, this is done in the eCut editor also. Mm. Um, after recording, I get a set of um, of commands, which I, where I can uh, double click on to see the details of what has been recorded. It's a little cryptic to make your way through, um, but at least uh, if you if you drill down deep enough, you will find some values. Your family okay, so this is the value I have entered, and then you got it, okay. and then you simply um, replace it by overwriting it with an, um, uh, a parameter value, and um, the eCAD tool recognizes this and asks you to. Um, if you want to create a parameter, I say yes, and then you already have your parameter value. Mm -hmm. And um, for the re-execution of the script, you can then um, uh, um, uh, assign a different value to okay. this parameter. Example yeah. would be like document type or mm -hmm. so, if that, that, of course, takes a, maybe a default document type yeah. first. And then I said, okay, I want to make it different now for that run then i could say not i don't, uh, don't create a sales order with document type zero one but uh, something different yes exactly something different the only the only thing which you need to take care of is that the different value you enter doesn't change the problem logic yeah and of course i think the values must be there there's nothing like a yeah, what's called mocking sometimes that you kind of have the so the assumption is that for example the document type Is already there that yeah. the location or customer is already there, or mm -hmm. is there also a way to? No, typically the assumption would be the data is already in the system. Yeah, there is in the system. If you want to like, sorry, if, if you would like to um, use um, um, data which not in the system, you have to take care somehow that they are created. You can mm -hmm. also again use an eCAD script to create your data beforehand if you know that you are will, that you will use this. This would uh, be um, this, this is a point where we. Should mm. talk about um, building modules in ECAD. Mm. For example, you could have one module first, which creates you uh, the customer, and the second module is uh, this, which cons consumes the new created customer. With, with the advantage, you're kind of self-contained. With the disadvantage, mm. you'd start testing the master data transactions as well, right? And if the right. master data fails, your test also fails. So it kind of exactly okay, depends on. Uh, yeah, you you can come in a certain kind of dependency. You are right. Okay, so yeah, if. 
But okay, that depends on your scenario if it mm -hmm. makes more sense to create everything within the script. Exactly, you have to. There is no general advice. You have to. Mm -hmm. You have to judge from situation to situation. Mm -hmm. Does it make sense or? And that I think is also where this parameter comes into play, mm -hmm. right? Because then I create that new location, and then I have to use that. New mm -hmm. location or customer exactly, name yeah. as a input for the next. Exactly, you can cannot only take values to start a script. You can also, at the end of the script, you can hand over values to a subsequent script mm -hmm. via the same uh, construct or parameter. Okay, so a script is kind of a part of of, of Ecamm. You can say a script is a script is a thing which holds a test logic. Okay, and I can combine. It holds the test logic without um, having information about uh, the uh, the destination system. It only holds the logical name of destination system. Mm -hmm. Just at runtime, when we execute the test case, then the ECA tool will resolve the logical uh, target mm -hmm. system name against the physical one by using the system data container. Okay, and then I can re combine. Some of those scripts, mm -hmm. uh, scripts, and then reuse yeah, it. So exactly, I, for you example, would uh, you would create a new script, and there's a certain command in Ecat is called ref for short for uh, reference, mm -hmm. which um, in which in includes another script, and this script again uh, can be supplied by parameters and can hand over values and so on. Yeah. It's okay, so it's kind of you can also nest, and then mm -hmm. this script can okay. So that that. Uh, allows you to reuse certain, like that, for example, the location creation. And mm -hmm. then, okay, good. So maybe, so to summarize, so we have uh, the, if we create an, an ECAT, we, mm -hmm. we, we create a test case yeah? yep. mm -hmm. in, in the solution manager. Mm -hmm. Then I record one or more test scripts. Mm -hmm. And I can do that more or less independently, right? The connection yes. between the two you would typically do later. I would do later on, yeah. yeah. I would I would recommend mm -hmm. a good uh, point where you can say uh, what should be in one script. We usually say one transaction. Yeah? Okay. So this is the usual... Uh, creating a sales order yeah. would be one transaction in that case. Exactly. And then mm -hmm. creating the delivery mm -hmm. for it would yeah. be the second one. Mm -hmm. and, and then uh, you can change them together in a in a so-called top, uh, top script, which um, lists mm -hmm. all the scripts in the order they should be executed. And uh, it, it's up to you how complex you would like to do this, how many how many uh, um, transactions you would chain together. It, mm -hmm. uh, it can be entire business process, which is covered by this. It can be only one or two things. Okay. I mean, think one thing I think special in, in, in our world is that we typically have multiple systems mm -hmm. involved so maybe a good example for a test kit would be setting up or creating a sales order in, in ERP, ERP. Mm -hmm. then make sure the OTR is created in TM yep. and then the freight unit is created then later I would go back to ERP and <clears throat> create the delivery for that sales order and check if the consumption was done right according to what for example my change controller set up exactly so it, how would i handle that two systems in in, in that uh oh just sense? quite so, easy i would mm -hmm. uh, simply um define use my system data container define yeah. uh, uh, two logical names which mm -hmm. first one is tm system yeah. second one would be erp system okay and i would assign uh, rfc destinations to this uh, mm -hmm. uh to, to each of them and um, so then I would start my, I would create my scripts and I would I now use a certain kind of um, uh, description language. We say the first step is uh, create sales order 
in logical system, ERP system. Mm -hmm. Second step is um, uh, check um, the, um, um, OTR the, the OTR in a system. Uh, next step would be go to TM system um, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, check uh, pro uh, process in some way. How, let's let's yeah. maybe take that example. Mm -hmm. um, I have that OTR. How would I ideally, or what's the best mm -hmm. way of finding that uh, sales order? Uh -huh. yeah, then in TM, do I go through a query, or um, what is the well, recommendation? It, it depends. You can, uh, you could. Um, it depends if you would like to aim what the customer does, which means you could use the UI and browse for it. Mm -hmm. Or if you know, if you are more on the techie level, you would probably know in which database you have to look up. Mm -hmm. And the ECA tool can also directly take a look into the database. Oh, it's hard to decide. I like both. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, it, that's, it, that's it depends. Say, so, but you can so, do both. So direct okay. access mm -hmm. to the database table is uh, faster because it doesn't have to employ the mm -hmm. UI. Mm -hmm. And it's, of course, it is independent from any UI changes. Okay, but on the other side, a typical user would also a user to would not do this. And uh, what would it? What would be the help for you if you say it's in the database, but the user doesn't uh, doesn't see it? <laughs> Therefore, you would probably go the way and where the. So UI. maybe one script mm -hmm. could be then to search for that uh, yep. OTR with and the input input OTR number. Or sales order number. Or sa right? so, sorry, sorry, sales order sales number. number. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the output would be the OTR would be the OTR number, and then I would combine or use that script then in my script chain to then look up that OTR. And exactly, this would be the way you do it. Okay, and then I can do it with a select or with more maybe whatever okay, or with a query. Mm -hmm. POWL mm -hmm. would be also a way to do that. Okay. Exactly. Would. Could I also combine just theoretically that combine that multiple steps that I go into the let's say POWL mm -hmm. and mm -hmm find the document number there and to then then open the document from there is like clicking on that uh, yeah would that also work because it opens a new window that is also supported um, by ecat opening a new window is a critical thing it's usually it should be supported yeah but to be honest um, um next question okay so <laughs> Recommendation would be instead of opening that new window, just to really take the number from that screen and enter the next transaction with the right exactly. enter document. Mm -hmm. kind this of would thing. be a feasible uh, workaround. Yeah. Okay. Recommended solution. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. So, yeah, that already sounds pretty complete. Or I mean, in terms of recording that script, and of course now we okay originally we planned to talk about. Doing that with a C field or set field, mm -hmm. I think that would be pretty much the same. Pretty much right? the same, I would yeah. just mm -hmm. look it's up the different. Mm -hmm. Is there for the navigation? So because I have to go to different tabs uh, to look up different yeah, things there, and maybe mm -hmm. select the first line or mm -hmm. the last line kind of thing. Is there a support for that as well? Um, there, yes and no. There is a support for the things, but um, not probably in the same way like you say uh, go to the last line or something mm -hmm. because. Um, if you uh, scroll down in a table, depending on the architecture, it probably um, uh, reloads set of data. Mm -hmm. it, de it, de it depends on the, how it is built. And um, there's also thing if you uh, deal with tabs in uh, the ECA tool that's currently in the replay, there is a recommendation. There is a kind of um, um, uh, remember of the tool, which mo which yeah. tab you have had in used la uh, the last time and then it uh, it will be polite it will be polite to you and offers you at the next time you enter the transaction the same one and then the tool uh, tries to uh, call this um, tab again and for some reason it's sometimes failing with this therefore our recommendation mm. when in recording for this is um, 
call at the beginning of the transaction in mm. the recording, call a tab, which you definitely will not need later again <laughs> so mm. to make to bring the tool to a defined at state. Least, which is and, not the last tab then. Uh, yep. Okay. And, mm. and from this one, jump to in the second step, jump to the tab you would like to go to. And mm. then you are you get rid of the situation that the tool offers you already the tab you would like to. Oh, we're already tips press. and tricks section, huh? Yeah, the little one, yes. <laughs> okay, so the reason is that if you navigate with eCAD from a tab to mm. itself, that this has an issue. So um, that's why... Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm currently working on it. Mm. Um, this is the current state of the recommendation um, we faced so, so current far. Current state is, by the way, um, April 2013, 9.0, out in the <laughs> wild. So yeah, okay. <laughs> just for our sake of history, we hear it in 10 years, might, might right. have been an issue, or 10 mm -hmm. months or 10 days. Might have changed, of course, like everything is. Yeah, we also we also opened mm. this uh, ticket to the development. We got oh, we got the same recommendation as the workaround. Okay, so you for, you go somewhere where you will not be at the last tab because mm -hmm. then you know that it's always navigation from. Okay, okay. And then uh, if I want to identify, like I want to check if the second item has mm -hmm. a certain value, mm -hmm. is there anything special that I would? No, definitely not. Uh, but it has a recommendation uh, that you. Um, uh, should always uh, be, when you check it uh, make check of a, of a table so many tables offer you a filter functionality mm. um, it's always a good recommendation to apply this filter in a way that you will uh, limit down your finding to one set of ah, data okay. then you can ah, ideally cool. always check the first line and be sure that it's the first okay, line so if you, you say, filter first if you say uh, for usually it is in the third line of my table and somebody somebody changes master data and it will be in the fourth line but mm. the tool is okay I have to look in the third line of the table then you will mm. wonder why you get a, a different result or a, a wrong result yeah? okay okay that makes sense so, so then if you work by, with by table or with filter Talking about a uh, number of lines mm. also leads us to screen resolution. Is that kind of relevant that if, if I record something, mm, no, it's resolution A, and then it's, if, if I automatically execute it, what is the uh, assumed <laughs> screen resolution? No, way, just we, no we do not really, uh, mm. in two, today's automation tools, not only ECAD, usually mm. do not rely on screen resolution. They mm. use uh, technical names for the identification of the fields. Okay. And, um, Therefore, we are independent from resolutions. This was in the okay. very first days of automation where tools yeah. used pixel uh, coordinates to identify mm -hmm. a value. This is fortunately this is a gun. So that's why also doesn't make sense to like scroll down and select then something in a table in your script because that is of course how far you scroll down would depend on resolution. So that that mm -hmm. the approach would always be like yeah. filtering thing, having one line exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any more? That kind of tricks for recording uh, how to. Oh well, not not just now, but if I uh, if I remember some, I will I will jump in. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now I think we pretty much went to all the steps to record our. Yes, we data. talked about the recording. We talked mm -hmm. about the assigning of parameters. Yeah. Um, so the next level would would after signing of parameters would be you probably would like to build additional checks inside your 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 okay. script. Yeah, we we also talked about mm -hmm. combining different Combine, scripts. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's pretty much the test logic, right? So the the tool now runs and yeah. does things, mm -hmm. but you doesn't only want it to run and check if something dumps, but you also expect some values, right? Yeah, I expect some no, values. Okay. So I would bring some. I would apply some additional checks to my scripts, which means I could basically. 
two kind of checks I could build in. So uh, one kind of checks is directly on the on this on this on the screen. For example, I enter a value, and depending from this value, I expect a, a different field to having a certain value. I could uh, ask this for this field having mm -hmm. this value. This is one kind of check. The second kind of check could be after the processing of the transaction, I could probably have the idea to take a look in a database table if the value has been written down to the to the database. This would also be one example for doing checks. Okay, yeah. for that I really could also make a select uh, in it. No, you don't no? need to make okay. a selector as a special set of ECAD commands, which mm -hmm. um, um, directly where you uh, name the table you would like to uh -huh. check. Uh, the system um, gets the definition of the table, you provide the key fields, mm -hmm. and uh, the system says present or not, or, or not present, or it gives you back the value it found. And then you can afterwards check That's for details in the value. Form. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. So, so checks I can do. Certain fields have certain values. Mm -hmm. Something right. ended up on a database yep. in the right place. Exactly. Not only on a database, but with the right keys mm -hmm. also. Um, is there anything special since we have all that GUIs uh, in place as keys in, in the TM world? Item key, is there something special to be uh, considered on that one, or is it just that you... It's the usual key from the system point of mm. point of view, you have to take care that you get it. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that would <laughs> be special so, that you... Yeah, um, of, of course, uh, if you do not know how the key looks, uh, you it will be cumbersome to make check for this set of mm. data, therefore mm -hmm. you would probably have an idea to use the UI for checking, for, for getting another, for doing another way for checking it, for mm. example, using transaction where you can specify um, meaningful values to find it, okay. instead of Using the key, if, if I create a debitor, I get, uh, the key is very transparent to me. Yeah. If yeah. I have, <laughs> if I create a TRQ item, TRQ item not. it's probably not yeah. right. So, um, and also what ECAD can do if you're more on a, let's say, on an advanced level is, mm -hmm. um, which I'm not, but you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, uh, this is especially for for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> you can um, use um, native ABAP code inside the ECAD. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> ABAP and ABAP, mm -hmm. uh, and between those, those both um, uh, words, you can use plain ABAP coding for doing nearly oh. everything you can do with ABAP. The only thing which you cannot do, you cannot do is using a form uh, routine. This would cause a dump because... Um, yeah, but who would use a form anyway. routine? Uh, don't say this. <laughs> who would use this? There are, uh, no, there is a, there is a not too low number of uh, internal tickets complained about this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but but if I follow our development guidelines, I wouldn't do it at least. Okay, that's yeah, good. So and maybe good. our customers should also follow the same paradigms. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> and and at least for ECAT, you wouldn't uh, call a form routine. No. Nice. Good. Okay, so now I think the next thing would be I set up my test script mm -hmm. or a hundred of them. Mm -hmm. I think could I also like. I want to test something. I recorded everything nicely for, let's say, document type A, mm -hmm. and I want to make sure that it also works for document type B. And let's say that this whole procedure follow up would mm -hmm. be the same. Mm -hmm. that, it, yeah, how, what would I do? Okay, what would you do? Um, first thing is, um, I just told you about the system mm -hmm. data container. Mm -hmm. I told you about the test script. Mm -hmm. um, there's one thing I have to tell. I have to tell you is this: um, if you make an executable test case in ECAD, mm -hmm. you combine at least one test system data container mm -hmm. in a third object, which is called a test configuration. And this yeah. is an executable object just to make it clear at this point, because if we talk about test configuration later on, you ask me what you're talking about. And now you know what a test configuration is. It is at least one test script yeah. with a system data container. 
At least you say it, so it can be. No, 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 no. Sorry, at least was wrong. You got me. Uh, it's okay, one cool. test script and. Um, Not by attention. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it is one test script yeah. with one system data container. Okay. And this test script, why did I wrongly say at least? Because if you have like to, like to have more than one um, mm. script executed, yeah. you have to change them together in one script, and this script you again can put in the test configuration. You find only the top one along right. with the data container and you have one mm -hmm. test configuration. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, a test, sorry, one, one test more, configuration, so many, test config, no, no, okay. test yeah. configuration okay. is yes. the executable test case in okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and this test configuration holds a system data container mm -hmm. for defining the system landscape and it holds exactly one test script And if you would like to uh, have a sequence of some scripts mm -hmm. executed in this test configuration, mm -hmm. you need to chain them together in this one script, what is mm -hmm. also called the tops, top script. Okay. So yeah. in, in our example, um, where I, okay, we have already two examples, right? So mm -hmm. one part of the example was that we have two landscapes. Mm -hmm. And then we said we have two document types if you want to test. Okay. So yeah, let's take that one. Which okay. one is I would, um, split? Okay. Mm -hmm. I would um, uh, create a test configuration um, where I have the stop script in it, which executes, which uh, triggers the execution of the entire sequence yeah. of, of test. And I would assign um, one system data container, which describes one landscape. Okay. And um, for execution of my test configuration, um, I would um, uh, simply apply uh, certain input values to this thing, to this um, test configuration, mm -hmm. which uh, will um, execute with, uh, you say, a different type of document. If I got you right. That's two things. Maybe let's, let's split that clearly. One okay. thing is that I have two landscapes. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. And the other one is. And bit by intention. <laughs> and the other one is that they have two document types within one lens, within one ah, landscape. So okay. question would be, where do I do the split on landscapes, mm -hmm. and where do I do this split on two document types? Okay. So okay. Example, I would I would do this in the following. Are yeah. document types the same for both landscapes? It's two document types, mm -hmm. which are the same in both landscapes. Okay. So I would do so. I would do this in the following way. Yeah. Um, you would um, in uh, in your test configuration. Um, you will find all the parameters you have defined in your script as input values mm -hmm. in, uh, let's say, Excel style, uh, like, like a, sp a spreadsheet, yeah? Okay. Like a table. Um, one line in this Excel, like in this table, is called a variant. Mm -hmm. um, for each variant, your test configuration will be processed once. Okay, so test configuration has... Uh, what was the name for the table? Sorry. <laughs> um, var uh, a variant. A, li a list of variants. A list right? of variants. Every yeah. line in that table. Is, is there a name variant? for that list of variants? Uh, variants. Okay, very okay. <laughs> so the single line is a variant. Okay, and okay, yeah. multiple lines are variants. Okay. Variants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Variants. The variants for the test script. Mm -hmm. Okay, with the values. So for two okay. document types, you have two variants. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Besides document types, you also would have uh, diff uh, some other values, but uh, and our focus is currently mm -hmm. document type. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you will have two variants, and mm -hmm. um, you would simply execute your test um, configuration. And uh, by default, if you do not tell anything else, it would, for each variant, it would run one loop of this and mm -hmm. pick the data from the variant and mm -hmm. bring it to execution. Okay. So, which means two variants, no no further restrictions at the test start, which means two loops of your test script mm -hmm. processing each variant. 
Okay. Um, now, if you would like to apply to your different landscape, yeah. you would simply exchange the system data container, which means... Um, Is that another variant then also? No, no, no. no, no. no, no, no. Okay. So variant no, stays the same. Configuration in this so case. variant in the configuration stays the same. Yes. At execution, you would simply say no. Uh, no what, wait, you would before you would define a second system data container yeah. having the same logical names, but different RFC destinations pointing to your other system landscape, but using the same logical names. The yeah. same logical name. So I would have uh, test TM and logical yeah. name twice. Twice. One in the system data container for your, let's say, sandbox landscape and mm. one for your, let's say, um, development. development landscape. Okay. And since yeah. it's in, in a container, it's kind of encapsulated so it doesn't mm -hmm. disturb each other. Okay. No, it doesn't disturb it, right. Okay. And at the point of execution, you would say execute it, but do not use uh, system data container, use this one from the sandbox, from the sandbox okay. uh, area. Which is not part of the variant, but kind of a pre-step then. No, no, it's not. No, no. The variants oh. are uh, not in any conjunct, in, in not, not in any relation with the system data container. System okay. is a isolated object, okay. uh, just uh, holding the information which Logical hmm? system uh, points to which physical system. So and you would simply, uh, for the execution in a different um, uh, system landscape, hmm? you would apply a different system data container having the same logical names, but pointing to the physically different system in the via RFC destination. And then I, I have these two variants, which is then for the two different sets of data within exactly, one system. Yeah. Exactly. So this the split the between the systems is not done by variants, but with uh, system. system data containers. Mm -hmm. Under the assumption that the systems are equal in behavior and data. That is what I want to test, huh? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, but but this is exactly. your, if you know yeah. this isn't the case, you do not have to test this. You, you yeah. just you know yeah. it will fail. Yeah. But this is the assumption you will start a test with. Okay. Yeah. Good. And then, of course, if I have other data, that would make it also into my variants, right? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And combine. Is there anything to be considered for um, kind of good best practices for setting up the containers that you can easily maintain them? or uh, System data container? No, yeah. it's a very stupid thing. System okay. data container is just, a, uh, like I mentioned, a two-line. Um, okay. So there's only one recommendation. Um, uh, if you... Um, Set up the system, so RFC destinations from the um, uh, solution manager system mm -hmm. to the system under under test. You should you should um, probably make use of the trusted RFC functionality mm -hmm. because this sets you free from um, providing um, password in the RFC mm -hmm. destination. Okay. Or to log on again during test time. And any best practices for the variants uh, to set them up in a way that I can easily maintain them? Or no, no really not. Um, there is a there is an optional object in the ECA tool which we hadn't talked about so far. It's called a test data container, another container. Mm -hmm. uh, this is um, oh yeah, TM so useful yeah. container. Okay, good. <laughs> a test data container is yeah very similar to an Excel sheet where we have a line of um, a certain um, uh, collection of uh, variable names mm -hmm. and you have set of data for these variable names and during the execution um, and it, in the test configuration you can optionally make use of the test data container to and consume values from the mm -hmm. test data container instead of the let's say values written directly in the variance 
Um, but uh, this is the advanced level, which would lead too far to discuss this now. This, yeah, I think we, I think we, con we confused the audience already enough with this. But if you're confused, you can scroll back. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no excuses. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. one question to the confusion. What, uh -huh. what, can you spend a word on which skills are required if I want to set up such a test case? I mean, apart okay. from, let's assume somebody does the administrative task with the system connections and mm -hmm. all that for me. Okay. This you mentioned that you can include ABAP coding, so yeah, it's a good, if I don't a good want point. to... No, no, it's a good point. If Even if you, if you don't want, it would not hurt if you have some, let's say, affinity to software development, because okay. it is a task which is, let's say, related to development uh, with the modularization and so on. And uh, of course, you could... In the ideal world, you could probably um, having uh, people which are absolutely not familiar with developing scripts and um, bringing them uh, to re the recording of a script. But is that an idle world? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's an idle world from, let's say, um, no, idle, yeah. You're quite right, but idle is probably the, the wrong word. Um, simply de deletes the section afterwards. <laughs> no. um, you would, uh, mm. it would be theoretically possible, but it, mm. in the what we have learned from the past is that it will uh, not likely not lead to success in this. It is a thing it which is a technical focus a, uh, and uh, it should be technical open-minded people you, Im, you employ with this. Yeah. But, okay. it, yeah. but of course I think it also makes sense that you understand what mm. you're testing there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like a consultant which also has like business and technical skills. That would be a okay. very good uh, person for doing this. Like for consulting. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. Is there anything special to be considered in monitoring? Because now we set up that test cases. Let's say there's a change and something fails. How would I know that? Is there kind of an auto, like, would I schedule um, that yeah. and get a notification? Mm, that's a good point. Um, so basically the way how you would figure this out would be you execute test script, you get um, an so we call it a red lock because if you if everything went well, the lock is a green overall, mm -hmm. and um, the lock is structured like your um, test script is structured, which means uh, from a top script, each um, subsequent script has an own node in this tree, and you mm -hmm. would, and each command has a sub node and so on. Mm -hmm. And um, if there would be an issue uh, at, the, at a certain level, your script would fail, which means would have what we call a red lock because on the very top node it will be red and if you f um, expand this um, uh, tree of your lock and follow all the the red dots you would come to the command where the script failed okay and this would lead you to the point <laughs> this is not always but this is not not always the point where it failed is not necessarily the reason why it failed because it can be that mm. on um, one or two screens before something went wrong which you haven't had on your on your uh, 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 kind of uh, watch list, yep, yep. but um, for some reason it turned out later on that it failed. Yeah, so there is a little investigation needed to figure this out. And um, but this, first, how, how would I would I get an email or let's say no. we just talk? We have a script. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you and will... now I want to automate it. It should run like every night. What do I have to do? Okay, um, there is in the ICA tool there is a so-called um, scheduler. Mm -hmm. Available where you can uh, schedule your execution of your test mm -hmm. script. Uh, it needs to be brought into an um, uh, uh, executable uh, test package. Uh, this mm -hmm. is from the point of test workbench view. And then it can be assigned um, to the scheduling. And um, the scheduling itself would, um, at a certain time, um, launch the ECOT um, test configuration mm -hmm. with a defined set of values, bring it to execution, and um, 
then there will be a log and the log will be stored. And um, if you come to the office next morning, you can take a look at your log and you can say, okay, done, gone or not gone. But um, the system itself does not support the send of mail. Okay. So <clears throat> it's like it, a daily, you can enjoy that everything worked well by looking into the script. Exactly. There but there's no, no proactive notification that something failed or something went wrong. Oh, okay. You have to take a look at yourself. Okay. That's it's really like you, for example, do something with the development environment. Uh, you always have to, you have a look at the result. You don't get a mail. Ah, for unit tests at least I can. Yeah, for me, okay, <laughs> good, okay. okay But um, so. in many other cases you don't. Okay, so good. for <laughs> okay, so here I clearly have to look up. There's no mm -hmm. automated inbox counting. No, no. Okay, maybe room for improvement on, it is on the ECAT side then. Okay. It would. Good. Anything we forgot in the? Oh no, now we are on thousand foot uh, okay. perspective on ECAT. Anything that we should mention? Of course, I mean that does not replace an like an ECAT training or something. No. Any recommendations? Maybe so. Now everybody is eager to learn more mm -hmm. about ECAT. What would I do? Maybe. Well, um, SAP University regularly offers trainings oh. uh, about this, a two-day classroom training. Okay. It's usually a good point to start. It um, uh, brings you all the basics in a more detailed way. It, it takes the exercises hands-on mm -hmm. and it gives you an overview of the tool capabilities, what the tool can do and what the tool can't do. It's also mm -hmm. good to know what the tool can't do. Mm -hmm. Probably let me have a final word on this because before yeah. everybody starts with running with ECAT, ECAT <laughs> is limited to SAP uh, user interfaces, mm -hmm. uh, including WebDynpro, mm -hmm. but um, ECAT out of, out of the box like it is available um, cannot uh, um, uh, test UIs other than SAP own UIs and Webtoon Pro UIs. So if you, for example, have an HTM, HTML UI, it's um, other than uh, Webtoon mm -hmm. Pro, mm -hmm. it's not like your own website where you would like no. to uh, own, kind of have own your web own store. system. No, it's not. Um, it's not as in with. It's not within the capabilities of of of, of ECAT. Mm. ECAT for this reasons offers an interface where external test tools can be integrated, but that's a different story. External test tools like Selenium? Um, <laughs> not Selenium, but uh, because there is a little more to do in this overhead to integrate. Mm. There is um, um, no not Selenium, but um, it's um, from HP. Uh, the quick test tool can mm -hmm. be integrated from. Um, Microfocus uh, tool called um, Silk Test can be integ integ integrated. Um, hmm. uh, so it's uh, for just to name two. Hmm. Um, as far as I know, Silk Selenium is not this one, but um, nevertheless, I just want to yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> want to mention that it's limited to SAP own UIs, hmm. including WebDynpool. And that seamlessly uh, leads us over to Selenium, even though it's not included here, but you can address that uh, external, so mm -hmm. to say, from an SAP yep. perspective UI, as well as the SAP uh, UI. So maybe getting on 5,000 foot uh, on Selenium and it's now yeah. with, with Dragos. So what, is, uh, when, what are the advantages of uh, Selenium? over ECAT and maybe also about the limitations. And, uh, okay. so let's start first with disadvantages or with limitations. Of course, it's it's a tool that tests only web-based UI, so only HTML pages. Can't be used in integration scenarios like ERP and um, uh, TM. Um, although we have a sub uh, sub-GUI uh, HTML, so this HTML rendering of sub-GUI cannot be properly used. Um, with Selenium, I mean, 
probably technically it is possible, but it's a lot mm. of effort involved. Um, so that's the, the, the main um, limitation. And another thing is that it's a new technology also in the outside world. Um, and we, at least at SAP, we're still trying to learn it. So we are in a, um, with a, on a up, mm. upward learning curve now. So we still trying to figure out what the tool can do, what the tool cannot do, how would we do something at SAP um, in order to allow a better integration in, in Selenium world. And there is no um, integration in an SAP tool. So as I said, Selenium must be administered, installed, and, and developed separately from an SAP system. The only thing that links in Selenium with an SAP system is the URL of, of the page that you want to test. So why would I use it then at all? So is yes. there any advantages also? Um, could be an advantage. Uh, mentioned the WebDimpro. Um, I mean, it, the advantage is, of course, again, on, on your WebDimpro uh, field. WebDimpro uses generated HTML, and it's in such generated HTML, it's relatively hard to um, to um, address the element on, on the page in a stable manner. Um, there is an ID, um, each, each HTML element in the document object model has an ID. Um, unfortunately, these IDs uh, have a habit of keep changing it. There is a parameter in WebDimpro, uh, I think it's called useTable IDs or yep. something, that you can use to to limit somehow the damage. Um, for instance, in a normal HTML, uh, WebDimpro page, if you change the button from enable to disabled, it will actually will be another HTML element, so we'll receive an, an, another ID. So if you make a field editable or non-editable or something like that, usually they change their IDs. We use this um, with this parameter, use stable IDs. At least the IDs will stay stable when doing this kind of uh, changes in the page, mm -hmm. but they won't stay stable when the developer inserts a new uh, element to the page because these IDs, which are generated by WebDimpro, are some sort of running numbers. So um, they're in incremented numbers and no, at, uh, from some point of time they will they will change. So that's also uh, it's making a bit challenging also when uh, when writing um, when uh, writing e-cuts. It has to be somehow done in a landscape that is relatively stable. Mm -hmm. You can't do right. it in a development uh, environment, in a development Otherwise release. Otherwise, you would have to adapt your script. A script so soon, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you write a line of code, and then you have to remember that you need also to adjust the script. Good point. With uh, Selenium, you would, you would have the chance to address the element differently. There is a... There is a... Um, modality which is called XPath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we can ad ad address an element not only by ID, but mm -hmm. uh, various attributes. And we're trying now to, to figure out how attributes we can like use... Description then, or what would be... You can use any uh, attribute of an HTML element, so mm -hmm. like title or ID or style or class or uh, custom non-HTML uh, specific attributes. WebDimpro generates uh, pages in which they have some non-standard attributes that you can address. 
Then um, any you, recommendations on on which one to use typically in a TM web intro environment from your experience? Yeah, so basically, <laughs> of course, um, when you look at a page, you see an input element and a label. Yeah, but mm. technically, in, in the underlying HTML page, there are two independent elements mm -hmm. and of course they have a common ancestor so uh, ba basically what you can try to do in the selenium is to write a coding that address the label because the label has a text that mm -hmm. you know and then uh, try to uh, to go up in in the document object model hierarchy and find the common ancestor between your input field and uh, the label and then go down and locating and get the input field a second approach which works pretty well is to try to use the tooltip of an element. The tooltip is an uh, attribute, HTML standard attribute called title. So whatever you see um, in a WebDimpro page is a tooltip. It's a title, mm -hmm. um, title attribute of exactly that element. So if you have a If you have a unique uh, tooltip, then it's very easy to to locate the element. Okay. And then, of course, uh, you you have another um, you have these XPath techniques that you locate one element on the page and then um, try to um, to go down or up upwards in hierarchy and um, try to locate the element. You have to you you can also say, give me the fifth uh, child of this element or mm. something like that. So that's one advantage over ECAT that you can more sophisticated identify the Yes, you can identify. So as I said, we're still trying to figure out how this works and we are in a learning phase, but we managed to um, to figure out uh, at least how WebDimpro pages are generated in, or, in order to, to use with Selenium. It's not a given, so the, the, the At this point, yeah, mm -hmm. so April 2013, uh, we have no golden rule. And of course, um, we are decoupled from, from WebDiplo development. That means when WebDiplo decided to change the way HTML pages are built, they will change uh, HTML coding. Then, of course, um, we'll have to learn that, learn that again. Yeah. Actually, we are very coupled, right? <laughs> <laughs> to them, yeah. Okay, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, we're decoupled from the development. Yeah, yeah. We are, yeah, exactly. we are coupled <laughs> from the technology, but we are decoupled from the de yeah. design decisions. So it may change, and then you have the yes. as an effect so that's, that's a wrong field or no yeah. field will be identified, right? Yeah. That's a risk. Yeah. Okay. So, but um, as I said, uh, it offers a bit more flexibility in, in selecting the objects. And I think you can send emails, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, you can make um, you can make Selenium send you an email when the test. Well, not mm. exactly Selenium. So we're coming mm. to the second yeah. point, perhaps Company. automatization. So Selenium, it's uh, uh, it's something that runs in a development environment, mm. so in a IDE like Eclipse, and it's a coding. You run it and then accesses a page, but it brings little value as such. You uh, want to automatize. Uh, it's again uh, not in, in any SAP product or so integrated like ECAT. Um, there are uh, various uh, automatization techniques for, for Selenium. One of them is uh, to run a Jenkins server, which uh, then executes Selenium test scripts uh, with a given schedule. Yeah. So which I have to install a Jenkins. Uh, you have to install Jenkins on a machine and that runs every day. I, I think it's a open open source again so it's uh it's not commercial yeah okay. um and um 
you can schedule then um, a run in this Jenkins server and you can say I want to use this uh, Selenium test case which has to be on another Perforce server so it's, uh, this one is not open source um, anyway it's a more complicated setup but in the end you'll get a, a schedule run of Selenium test cases and they have the possibility to send you an email if something goes wrong Okay, cool that's the advantage and maybe on the Selenium path, we won't dive as deep as Ikat since it's kind of uh, still in his childhood. Uh, so maybe and it's not, not an SAP tool, so um, it's not an SAP yeah. tool. I think okay, we, yeah, maybe we said. We just mentioned that we can use it mm -hmm. because we generate mm -hmm. HTML pages, and I'm sure outside SAP there is a lot of expertise uh, regarding mm -hmm. Selenium, how to use, how to automate. Um, we are now learning from from that community, but. Um, mm -hmm. We are not the, the contact persons for for that uh, yeah. question. Okay. And maybe if you want to combine scenarios like an ERP scenario with testing, how does it look like on my custom HTML side for my my carrier? So which is non SAP, yeah. then maybe I have because as we learned, mm -hmm. I cannot yeah. use eCard for that pages at all. And then I would have okay. Then I would have like two worlds. So far, they're yeah. not kind yeah. of. Combined, if I would like to right? still make use of eCard, I would like to buy a different tool, which is not usually not free of charge. A tool mm -hmm. which can integrate into eCard is usually a tool you have to buy for. Mm -hmm. You have to you have to mm -hmm. pay for. So this would be the place where Selenium definitely should be taken at a closer look mm -hmm. in this situation. Okay. Good. One hour today. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Anything else we should, as we said, we want, we don't want to touch things like unit test or mm -hmm. kind of code test. That would be then another session. But I think for that automated testing, I at least have a way better understanding. And then I may have more ECATs and a bit of more uh, Selenium um, knowledge now as well. So any closing words, recommendations, warnings? Uh, tips and tricks on how to, if you want to learn more, maybe also for the Selenium side, I think it's then search the web, right, for tutorials. Yes. Kind yeah. of, so uh, there are known places for tutorials for question and answers, mm -hmm. not only for Selenium, but uh, programming techniques. Mm -hmm. And the, it's, it's, it's a good, it's good that it's an external uh, tool because the knowledge is spread outside. So. Mm. Well, we have also for ECAD, we have also a community in SCM. Mm -hmm. There's also one Uh, but it's by far not so big and open as the Selenium community is. But at least the, we have one. The Selenium doesn't also have like a like our TM um, group, um, LinkedIn and then SDN group, or is there any places like that for? There's a uh, kind of ECAT um, uh, group in SCN. Okay, so maybe we can also include that in our yeah. show notes. Good. Then that's it for today. Now you're. Certified automated tester, <laughs> high level, <laughs> from a, from a 10,000 foot or yeah perspective at least. Goodbye and enjoy testing. Goodbye. See you next time. Bye bye. bye, -bye.